You have the right to remain silent. He's a cop out of options. Crazy son of a bitch. You're out of here. Out of uniform and out of control. We're supposed to stop the bad guys, not process them. Now we've been hated by the same people we're supposed to protect. Now he's a one-man wrecking machine on a mission of justice. Let it begin. executive producer of Internal Affairs and the producer of Deep Cover comes the hottest stars of martial arts. Jeff Wincott of Martial Law 2 undercover in the series Night Heat. Karen Shepard, two-time women's black belt kata champion. <laughs> Matthias Hughes of Star Trek 6, Kickboxer 2, Talons of the Eagle and Black Belt. And Brigitte Nielsen of Beverly Hills Cop 2, Rocky 4 and Cobra. Mission of Justice. Available only from Republic Pictures. Welcome to They Call This a Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Call This a Movie. We're part of the Main Naming Network, and to find more from us, check out the website at themaindaming.com or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Main Naming. We're also now a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation. You can find them at gvnation.com. Welcome back to They Call This a Movie. This is Anthony Del Vecchio, and with me today is Dan Aquino. Say hello, Dan. Hello, friends. Uh, yes, it's just two of us today. Uh, Mark Myers could unfortunately not be with us, but uh, hopefully we'll have him back next week. Uh, but this week it's just me and Dan, and we will soldier on without him. I I wasn't supposed to say something weird and wacky there, was I, when you introduced me? No, you want to try something? No. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna, We're gonna I'm going to leave that to Mark. Yeah, exactly. That's his thing. Yeah. I'm going to let We're him not- have it. We're not going to sit in his seat, basically. Right. I'm not going to steal his bit. <laughs> uh, yeah, this week this week was tough to find a movie to watch. Um, in case you were unaware, because I wouldn't have been if we didn't have this movie, uh, this, this podcast, uh, Angel Has Fallen, which is the second sequel to Olympus Has Fallen, is, is coming out this week. Uh, is, did you Have you seen any sort of promotion for this movie coming out? I see it on YouTube videos, and I feel like that's it. Yeah. I um, I saw the first two. What was it? Olympus has fallen, and uh, well, I don't remember. Yeah, Morgan Freeman has fallen. I think. Yeah. It was called. I don't know. But Gerard, I saw the but- first two. Gerard Butler's career is falling. Yeah. Well, he was in Geostorm, yep. Hunter Killer, uh, these movies. So he, yeah, he's in dire needs of like a real good one. I think he was in a surf movie at one point, too. Yeah. I don't remember uh, what it was called, though. London Has Fallen was the second one in That's 2016. What, yeah. Okay, so I saw that. It was pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, so, with that in mind, we just kind of decided we were going to look for some action movies this week. Um, so, I went deep into Amazon Prime. We came across... I started coming into uh, kind of a rabbit hole of direct-to-video action movies from the early 90s came across mission of justice from 1992 uh, 
Dan, I'm going to assume you had never heard of this movie before we watched this. No, and I'm sad that I hadn't, to be honest with you. Yeah, this, this was oof. movie is great. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so cool because it it definitely has that direct to home video look, and it brought me back to my high school years when they would, you know, a teacher, a phys ed teacher, would pop something on because he was too tired to really teach. You know what I mean? Like they would yeah. wheel in the the TV and they would pop in a home video. Uh, man, this was awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was fantastic. It it stars a guy by the name of Jeff Wincott, who I've never heard of. But it's apparently kind of a travesty. He, apparently he's in a ton of directed video movies from the 90s, and he is jacked mm-hmm. and pretty excellent at karate. He yeah he's. And he has charisma for the most yeah. part. You know, he, like, he definitely exudes a badass. He's the strong silent type. So to me, he was definitely better. I would rank him above a Steven Seagal. Oh, yeah. In terms of just uh, charisma and acting ability. And I, I kind of put him on par with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Sure. He was pretty good. And he's just as jacked as him, pretty much. Yeah, he's huge. And one thing that I noticed... Uh, that kind of separates him from a lot of other action stars. And even, you know, today with guys that have in their contract how many times they could get hit, sort mm-hmm. of, and they can never lose a fight. This guy, take he, his character takes a hit. Oh, ever, you know, yeah, a lot of hits. A lot of hits. Uh, he doesn't lose a fight, but still, he he gets he gets his. Yeah, he he definitely looks like he's been through, you know, a scrap at the end of it. He doesn't walk away with just like a little hairs out of place and he just, you know, flips it back and he's good. But no, when he comes out of it, he's bloodied and he looks like he was in a street fight. Yeah. I mean, there's really no blood in this movie, which is interesting. Um, There is some blood. There's some blood on the ground. I when Cedric gets killed. Right. I mean, even when he, you know, he, he takes a couple uh, sidekicks to the face, he spurts out some blood. Uh, yeah. So Cedric is like the only one that shows actual blood. Otherwise, yeah. a lot of people are getting hit in the face uh, with no little to no like bruising or blood coming out. Um, yeah. Which is fine. It really yeah. didn't bother. It really didn't bother me, but it just. Like, people are getting the shit kicked out of them. Like, a lot of people get the shit kicked out of them in this movie. It's definitely a rough and tumble yeah. type of movie. Yeah. And it's not something you would expect for a home video, I guess, or direct-to-video type of movie. Yeah. Like th- this is something you would think for a major action, you know, on the big screen. Mm-hmm. But, man, I, I really enjoy... After the first 20 minutes, I really enjoyed this movie. Yeah. It's kind of slow to pick up. Uh, it, it muddles its way through the plot at times, but, oh, man, it's just, it's so over the top with its action. Yeah. Uh, it, it really, it's kind of corny, but I loved it. It's super corny, and, like, plot is inconsequential. It's like, but there are, like, there's enough action set pieces with very little in between them where you're never, like, you know, once it gets, once it starts going... Mm-hmm. You're never like, all right, this is starting to this is starting to bore me. When are we gonna get to the next? Act? It seems like it always picks the right time to get into a decent action scene. Right, and they space their action out enough where yeah. you know maybe it propels like, it a little bit. Right, so you you probably go maybe ten minutes with 
without action, mm-hmm. and then there's an action scene. So there's a good amount of action at an hour and a half. You're looking at some some decent action in this. Yeah. Uh, this has an IMDb score of 5.7. It was directed by Steve Barnett, who directed such classics as Hollywood Boulevard 2, Mind Warp, and Scanner Cop 2. Uh, but uh, So directing, not his biggest uh, claim to fame, but he is post-production supervisor on a lot of big-name movies, such as Life of Pi, uh, Live Free or Die Hard, and Alita Battle Angel recently. That's a, you know, I'm always fascinated that some guys who, I guess because you have to work your way up, right? This is mm-hmm. their rite of passage. So someone like this who can still find work, I, it yeah. just it fascinates me. That's pretty cool. He's got a pretty long uh, career as a post-production supervisor or similar titled uh, positions. Uh, so I guess, you know, he tried his hand at directing a couple of times. Didn't seem to work out, but he's made a name for himself in, in this sort of uh, post-production uh, scenario. Yeah. Uh, this stars, as we mentioned, Jeff Wincott, uh, Brigitte Nielsen, Billy Sly Williams, and Tony Burton from Rocky fame. Uh, he And um, I'm going to go on record. He is my favorite trainer. I, I prefer him over Mickey. Okay, interesting. Hot yeah. take. Hot takes tonight. Yeah. Um, so a little backstory. Uh, Mission of Justice was originally supposed to be martial law three and i think technically it's still uh its alternate title martial law three um though it does not feature the star from the first two cynthia rothrock uh but jeff wincott is wink is it wincott wincott we're gonna go yeah wincott i think w-i-n-c-o-t-t wincott we're gonna go with wincott um yeah he he does star in martial law two as the second lead but he's actually playing a different character than his character in martial law two so apparently Martial Law was a direct-to-video uh, series in the early 90s, which I guess was pretty popular. Yeah, I am I want to see the other one. I'm not sure. So there has to be a Martial Justice or Martial Law 1, right? There's a Martial Law 1. Right. Starring Cynthia Rothrock. So uh, it's not like, uh, you know, God gave rock and roll to you part 2 when there's really no part 1. Right. Okay. No. So there's a one, there's a two and a three, and I'm pretty sure one and two are also on Amazon Prime. I might just check it out for shits and giggles now. Yeah. Just to see, because cool. if Wincott's in the second one, might as well. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of Brigitte Nielsen in this movie? I was expecting her to be more over the top, mm-hmm. but she's very reserved in this movie. Uh, at times, I couldn't really tell it was her. Sure. So, because I'm I'm so used to her, you know, what was it? Um, uh, the Flavor Flav, right? Wasn't yeah. she on that? Real life, yeah. Yeah. So when she was a mess at that point, but now at this point in her career, in '92, you know, she was a good-looking person, and they, they didn't really rely much on her acting. It looked like. Yeah. But I I really had a hard time. I didn't know she. I think it was like halfway through the movie. I was like, oh, shit, she's the doctor. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know who she was. So it is it is kind of confusing because her hair changes. Yes, that's what it was. So uh, and I I don't think it's a, a situation where it's like, oh, well, she did. She shot her scenes and then she cut her hair and then they asked for reshoots. It's sort of like it sort of seems like a choice. And I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be that, you know, her her, her normal haircut 
when she's not, you know, in front of the cameras, because mm-hmm. she's like this mayoral candidate, um, is, you know, high and tight, sort of like she was in yeah. Rocky IV. Um, but then when she's in front of the cameras, it's it's longer. Um, yeah, she switches it a couple times throughout the film, I think. Mm-hmm. So I, I just, for some reason, I couldn't put two and two together. And I guess because of the, the quality wasn't great. Mm-hmm. So I'm just kind of looking like, uh, that kind of looks like her. But not, on the close-ups, you can tell. Yeah. Obviously, this movie has not been uh, remastered for right. 4K or HD. But I was kind of upset i i thought she would be a little bit more diabolical mm-hmm. but she's very reserved in this yeah i kind of didn't understand her her plan like it, i didn't know what her motivation was like she's trying she's a mayoral ca- so her character runs what they call the mission of justice as what is the name of the uh movie which is sort of a uh what would you call it like a at-risk youth program to keep these kids off the streets by sort of turning them into vigilante slash neighborhood watch slash um, private police force. Yeah, so essentially they're her private police force, like her hired hitmen almost. The, uh, I mean, she sends below them on the surface, missions. Below the surface, they're they're hired hitmen, but on the, above the surface, for the public eye. It's a a private police force. It's right. directly in um, opposition of the Eastgate Police Department. Yeah, so th- pretty much in the movie, the police have it out against the mission of justice because essentially they're doing their job and they're doing it better, I guess. Yeah. So because they're because yeah. they're not really stuck to uh, a law protocol, right? Police protocol. Um, but outside of that. I don't know what her evil plan is. She's trying to win an election and she's doing that by any means necessary. And is she shaking people down? For, is it just money? Like I know there's the whole subplot about Jimmy's grandmother mm-hmm. and owning that property. Right. Which really, I don't know why she needed the property for. Right. Did yeah. she, was she just going to expand the premises? I, I don't know. Uh, but from what I took away from it, she was essentially going to supplant the police force with her force. Yeah. And but which really doesn't make sense if you think about it, because she's raising these kids to be, you know, to be good. So at one point, what is she going to do? Just tell them you have to go and do bad things. Right. It's it just it's a weird a weird dynamic because it, it I mean, essentially everyone, not everyone, but a lot of places have neighborhood watches, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's okay. It's not against the law to have that. So why not just keep it that way? Right. And I think you would win the election either way. Yeah, I mean, she's. <laughs> it's not like she's a candidate that is, you know, trying to... She. It seems like she could outright win it. And I think she does. She's in the middle of the fight, in the middle of the race, and she does eventually win mm-hmm. without any sort of, you know, that she's manipulating a little bit uh, in terms of you know, kind of setting up stories to make the police look bad versus that her peace peacekeepers or peacemakers would peacemakers yeah, I think peacemakers. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they could have just they could just do their job, too, and probably she'd have a, a chance to win. So it seems it seems like her her motivations are vague. Yeah. And they, they don't go into her backstory 
Right. So you don't know, is she from a criminal syndicate or is she just a bad person in general? But I, from what it seemed like, she had the one guy who I think he was in U.S. Marshals who's mm-hmm. who's doing like going around collecting money for charity or not yeah. charity uh, for donations. Yeah, he's canvassing. Yeah. And essentially he's I think he is not touched by the underbelly of this organization. Like He believes in it and he thinks he's doing good. So just keep it that way, right? I mean, just have him go around, spread the word, and collect donations. You don't need to shake people down. It seemed like he was making money. People mm-hmm. were donating. Yeah, that poor so, bastard. Everywhere he went, he got shook down. It, it, it's great because he, he always comes back. I was attacked at this place. I was attacked <laughs> at that place. It's like, geez, can someone send some help with this guy? Yeah, like the first time I watched it, I was like, wait, am I watching? Did I just see the? Did I see this scene already? I'm like, oh no, he just got beat up again. <laughs> right. He he's essentially like the Millhouse of yeah. this of this movie. He goes around and people just push him around and. <laughs> Well, I'm gonna go tell on you or whatever, <laughs> right? Because I, th- I think, I think like the doctor's not gonna like when she hears about this. Yeah. Like, oh my God, this guy is such a weenie. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he has t- he has tough life. He, he's going around to chop shops asking for donations, getting the shit kicked out of him. But he's he's all for the cause. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so I think uh, do you want to get into the plot at this point? Sure. Let's do it. All right. Uh, before we do, we're going to step away for a little bit and hear a word from a friend of podcast, and uh, we will be right back. Hey, everyone. This is Steve. And this is Adam. And we're part of the Hop Nation USA podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history, and homebrewing. Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. Welcome back. And now it's time to get into the plot of Mission of Justice from 1992. It opens up on our hero, Kurt Harris, police officer, tossing a perp through a window. Dude just beat up his girlfriend, um, and in turn, Kurt Harris beat the shit out of that dude. Um, they ask the the girlfriend to testify against this dude. She reluctantly complies. They put the guy in the back of the squad car, and they drive off. While they're driving around, they stumble upon a liquor store being robbed by a bunch of stupid goons. Who then Harris poses as a delivery man and kicks some ass, as does his partner by the name of Lynn. And the last gunman tries to escape, um, but Jimmy, a peacemaker, uh, stops him. Uh, so, as we mentioned, peacemakers are a sort of private police force funded by the Mission of Justice, which is run by Dr. Rachel Larkin, played by Brigitte Nielsen. Uh, Dr. Larkin is a mayoral candidate in the city of Eastgate. Now, Harris's sergeant, Sergeant Duncan, is pissed about the events that had happened at the liquor store because... Uh, the peacemaker stopping the final guy kind of makes the cops look bad. Kind of. I I knew this movie was gonna be good because you immediately have the sergeant going up against you know the uh what what would he be he's it's not a private right what detective the D- detective so it's, it's you have that almost buddy cop kind of mm-hmm. damn it Roger what did I tell you about doing this and I want your badge on my desk right now and. You, you You're get a loose that. cannon, Harris. Exactly. You're too close to us. 
<laughs> you suspended two weeks. That's I think that's exactly what he says. You just bought yourself two weeks suspension, Mister. Like, oh, well, I'm already out of here, Sergeant. And you, the way he gives Sergeant is just he puts some stank on it. Yeah. So I immediately knew I was like, oh man, this is gonna be good. Yeah. Um. So Duncan also reveals that the guy that they arrested was actually his informant. So he immediately. As soon as the guy gets arrested, he immediately releases him. And that guy goes immediately back to his girlfriend and beats her to death. Now, that's not the right thing to do at that point. You know, you just got caught by the cops for that. Why don't you just kind of lay low for a bit before you do that? Sure. I mean, I, I, mean, I don't know how to, to do it. <laughs> not giving tips for people that are going to beat their uh, girlfriends and wives. But right. yeah, you I'm think not... you want to wait till the heat's off. Exactly. Yeah, it's not... It's, it's kind of like you rob a store. You know, if I go to Walmart tomorrow and I get caught shoplifting, I'm not going to go back to that same store the next day and shoplift again. That'd be the least, that would be the last thing that they would suspect, though. Was it the closer you are to danger, the further you are from harm? Is that kind of thing? <laughs> I like it, yeah. <laughs> uh, but the li- liquor store is the first kind of set piece of action that we get. We get uh, Jeff Wincott uh, showing off his skills as well as his partner plays Lynn. I forget her name. She is like a. She wound up being like a, a stunt woman for a long while. Karen Shepard. Karen Shepard. Yep. She's a stunt coordinator or a stunt person on a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Mystery men. Uh, basketball. I didn't know yeah. there were stunts in basketball, but there yeah. you go. She was Eliza Dushku's uh, stunt double on two episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, that's cool. Or that's... eleven episodes actually. Two episodes uncredited and then nine for Eliza Dushku. See, I'm, I'm happy that because I, I genuinely like this movie. So I'm, I'm happy to see the people who worked on it or acted in it had careers afterwards. Because, you know, we, we said Wincott, he was in some direct-to-video movies, but he was also in a lot of TV shows. Yeah. So I, I'm, this warms my heart that a, <laughs> a movie like this, these guys can continue to work because they earned it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like the the only person that doesn't know like karate in this movie is like the the other woman that works at the mission. And she's shown studying karate. Right. Yeah. She's stretching out. She's in she's her. You know. She does do one high leg kick that looked legit. But when it came to the fight between her and Lynn at the end, it seemed like she was ha- she had a body double. Probably. I, I remember it not being very convincing. And she just gets yeah. her ass kicked. She just gets her ass kicked. But uh, yeah, this woman, Karen Shepard, also pretty legit when it comes to the her her action moves. And that was another thing. The the action in this, like the stunt coordination and the fight choreography is really good. Yeah, it, I would say it might sometimes be like it looks the, like people are getting hit. Yeah, it might be the best we've seen on this podcast. Uh, yeah, I'd say almost. I'm, I'm trying to think of other ones that. Like Time Cop obviously has some karate because it's Jean Claude Van Damme, but not a whole lot for a Jean Claude Van Damme movie. Time Cop was very light on the martial arts, so I think this might be the best we've seen. It could be. Uh, it definitely. We we've talked recently a, a lot about uh, lead characters that are very passive in terms of the plot, and we don't have that here, which is appreciated. Mm-hmm. Like yes. this guy. The lead is the real lead. The lead is the person that does all the things in the movie. Yeah, uh, it, it unlike, centers around him. Yeah. 
and like Stellar Star and Star Crash and He-Man and Masters of the Universe, uh, Harris is the lead, and he yeah. is the one that actually take, moves the plot forward, which is yeah, nice. And, and it, 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 his storyline makes sense. You know, it's essentially something happens to him that he's able to infiltrate and kind of earn the trust and it's it's a really refreshing feeling to see that nothing else is going on outside of his world you know what i mean like it focuses pretty much solely on him and he does everything that you need him to do there's no unnecessary plot really you, i mean you get the grandmother but that takes up such a small amount of the, of the movie mm-hmm. that you barely notice it yeah I love the sounds in this movie too during these fight scenes. Yeah, it's it's your run of the mill like pow, crunch yeah, and that kind real, of stuff. Real heavy slaps. Oh yeah. And then the karate noises coming from these people. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's those really yeah, when when the punches land it's like psh, psh. Yeah. So you're you're getting you you don't really get that anymore, but obviously in the 80s and the early 90s all the action movies had those really loud punches. Yeah. Very exaggerated. Yeah. So the guy beats the shit out of his girlfriend, and they bring that guy back in. Uh, Harris, pissed off. He quits the squad, but not before he punches Duncan in the booking room, which is a great scene. Punches Duncan, and then the perp laughs, and then he punches <laughs> him. He, el- he gives him the elbow. Yeah. He gives yeah. him like, the, the Batman no-look elbow to the, the face. no-look elbow to the face. Yeah, yeah it's great. Um, we have spoken this movie's praises so far but there is one person that was having a hell of a time on this shoot and that is of course the boom mic operator (laughs) there you could play a drinking game for this movie of how many times you catch the boom mic because there's at least six times you see it really six yeah it's like six there are a lot (laughs) i guess because maybe i I totally forgot about it, but you do notice it in some scenes. Uh, it, it it reminded me of uh, what was it, Black Dynamite? Black Dynamite. When yeah. the, I mean, obviously that's done uh, to parody it, where you you see the boom mic on purpose. So this I don't think was necessarily parody. No. Uh, I think it was just a someone missed it in the editing room. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's pretty pretty comical. That's sort of what. When I decided, yeah, like the first time, the first time it happens, it happens like twice in one scene in the uh, the locker room, and I'm like, uh, this is definitely the movie we're gonna do. <laughs> it just for that. Just for that alone. So I wonder uh, if that guy wound up getting work after this. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't look up the boom mic operator. Um, <laughs> so that's one, something they have on here, right? Yeah, I'm sure. Sure, you can find it. So Harris quits. He he storms off and he heads to the local boxing gym, which is owned by Cedric, former heavyweight champ, played by uh, what's his name, Tony uh, Tony Burton, yep. from Rocky. And he's a, Apollo's trainer. Yeah, he plays Cedric. Um, shows up. They get their pump on. Harris mentions that he quit. Such a weird scene. Yeah. Just like close, weird, uh, oddly framed close-ups of pecs. <laughs> well, you know, usually you get, you'll do uh, in like a training montage, you want to see like everything. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it's just kind of, like, I, I don't remember if I've ever seen uh, incline bench press in a, uh, <laughs> <laughs> in, 
a training montage because it just kind of looked like he was showing you how to incline bench. Like, all right, guys, this is how you do it. You know, you, you want to have full uh, full range of motion. And I'm like, all right, well, I think we can do without this. But <laughs> but he the dude, to his credit, he's in good shape. He was jacked. Yeah, absolutely jacked. Just shredded. Yeah, it, it's yeah. what I want to be and kind of aspire to be in a way because he's not overly jacked no he looks he looks very small like when and there are some scenes where he looks like it looks very unassuming yeah i'm not gonna say he looks small but he looks like yeah it's just some dude right i I think he he looks about our height too yeah he doesn't look overly tall so i mean i could be i could be him Mm -hmm. if i just if i keep hitting the gym right ant yep making ourselves a little bit better every day (laughs) that's our call to arms today go to the gym listeners be like Kurt Harris. <laughs> uh, so Harris has a conversation with Cedric. Cedric mentions that he, uh, while he was working with Dr. Larkin at one point, uh, he's no longer working with her. He doesn't he doesn't approve of some of her tactics, he says. Right. And he doesn't say too much more of that. He offers Harris kind of a job at the gym and says, we'll talk about it tomorrow. So he... Well, I knew. Yep. I, I knew watching it so he goes you know larkin is she's into some weird stuff and harris goes what kind of stuff and you know cedric says i'll tell you tomorrow and you might as well have just written out his tombstone right there yep his final words i'll tell you tomorrow tell you tomorrow i gotta go do the books that's right (laughs) not yeah come with me while i do the books and i'll tell you like this is some serious stuff that she's doing right you would think that i should tell someone immediately Especially no. my cop friend who just asked about it. <laughs> right, right, who's someone who can actively help this situation. But no, he's got to do the books, and uh, it's bye-bye, Birdie. Yeah, it's like, it's tax season, you know. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I got to get this stuff done. I'm overdue. <laughs> I, can't, I can't push for a second extension. It's just <laughs> not going to happen. Well, yeah, listen, man. <laughs> he, had his, uh, he had his priorities straight, I guess. Yeah. H&R Block is the reason why he's dead now. <laughs> a rocket mortgage. <laughs> uh, so at night, sure enough, Cedric gets a visit from Dr. Larkin. They had some sort of agreement, and Larkin has some dirt on Cedric. So she brings out her brother Titus. It was sort of the uh, the what what was his name in Die Hard? The I, I was Alexander Godunov. Yeah, he was. Uh... He was the big, he was like the second in command of the Germans, yeah. right? Yeah. We have to tell him that his brother is dead. Yeah. That guy. Oh, what was his name? Carl? Carl. Carl. Yeah. This is, Titus is the Carl of uh, her her lackeys. Big, another dude that's just super jacked. Yep. And, uh, he, and it's not unassuming. He is very big. No, he's a very tall dude. <laughs> he looks like he's 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. Yeah, because I think Bridget Nielsen's pretty tall. She's, she's tall. like over six foot, foot and yeah. he towers over her. Yeah, she's, uh, she might be like 6'1". Yeah. So, yeah, he's big. He's a big uh, dude. So Cedric challenges Titus to a fight, basically. It's like, yeah, 65-year-old Tony Burton <laughs> against 30-year-old Matthias Hughes. <laughs> yeah. So Titus gets a couple... Uh, Cedric gets a couple of hits in early, and then Titus just... Shakes it off, uses it as motivation, and just beats the shit out of him, and he then has, breaks his hands. He has my favorite line in the movie, uh, Tony Burton. You broke my fucking hands. <laughs> his delivery, uh, delivery 
is phenomenal. Yeah, you great. really believe he broke his hands. Yeah, Angus kind of like scrunches up his hands. Right, like, they're, they're not. They're not broken. There's no. There's no makeup effect at all. They're just kind of like make your hands look like claws. Right. Yeah, he's just kind of like his middle fingers out a little bit yeah. more than the others, and it's, you broke my fucking hands. <laughs> oh God, I had to watch it a couple times. <laughs> I love and then, that part. Yeah. So they take his championship belt from him, and then, you know, they're like, Is, do we have a deal? And he's more or less says, you know, go fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Larkin takes out two knives and kind of slices his throat. Um, and it, it was kind of a weird little, she does like a little weird, like Jinsu thing. Like, yeah. yeah. And you, you could have just, you know, slid it across his throat like a regular person. You didn't have to do it all ninja style. <laughs> Sure. Um, but Jimmy Parker, one of the, the peacemaker from the robbery, witnesses the murder, uh, but they don't see him and he runs. Um, Harris shows up the next day at the gym to try and, uh, you know, he was reporting for work and sees that it's police line, but the cops won't let him through. So he comes back at night and he investigates the crime scene, notices that there's like a flower uh, petal on the ground, which seems kind of out of place. And that was like the most obvious clue ever, right? There's a big pile of sand in the middle of the room. And you're going to tell me that none of the cops saw this? Yeah. It's pretty bad police work. That's what I was thinking too. I was like, oh, I guess they just didn't do a proper sweep of the (laughs) uh, the location. Right, let it go. Here's a dead body. All right. I guess that's it. Case closed. (laughs) What's the sand over here? I don't know. There's a flower in it. Let's not touch (laughs) it. Right. No, it, doesn't, that's it doesn't seem related. <laughs> totally normal gym equipment, right? That that you. How often do you see flowers in the gym? All the time. <laughs> Definitely not out of place. Um. So, uh, he catches that, and then he goes home, and just so happens to watch. Uh, he's watching TV, and Dr. Larkin comes on, and she's wearing a similar flower, as she uh, dresses the, I guess the mayoral. Uh, voters i guess mm-hmm. was the commercial that he saw so this yeah. get gives him an idea to investigate so he goes to the mission uh posing as prospective member of the mission this is where he meets that samuel guy who has just a tough time um as harris is there the thugs from the liquor store show up to send the message to the peacemakers because as we said jimmy stopped them the last guy when they promptly get their ass kicked by harris um <laughs> yeah it's- that was uh that's the first time he gets harassed, right? What was that guy's name? Uh Samuel. 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 Yeah. So that's the first I think that's one of three times he's assaulted. Um was Twice, it three? Maybe? Was it two it's or three times? It's definitely two. Yeah. Because he goes to the chop shop too. Right. So yeah, maybe it was only two. Mm-hmm. Man, I, uh, man, it just seems like he's always getting picked on that guy. Yeah. Right? Sam Tom Wood, Samuel. So he was in US Marshals and the Fugitive. Uh, so definitely a break from character for him because he was, you know, obviously he's a cop in those movies and he's kind of, you know, in charge of some stuff here. He's just like a big dweeb, just getting picked on, thrown around. I kind of liked it. I wanted to see more of it, him, <laughs> him going to like random places, him going to church and just getting thrown out of the church or something. Yeah. Like, Get the hell out of here, Samuel. <laughs> um, so uh harris kicks those dudes asses so larkin's just like i think we're gonna he's gonna fit right in here uh so she she kind of uh, vets him a little bit 
finds out he was a cop and she's like, this is going to be great publicity for us. A cop quitting the force to become a peacemaker can only be good publicity. Apparently it's front page news in this town. Um, yeah. Yeah, with, <laughs> with a town that has as much crime in it, you would think that something more pressing would be, you know, on the front page, not a cop just becoming a peacemaker. Yeah. It must've been a slow day. Yeah. Uh, but in order for him to become a, pre- a peacemaker, he has to go through the gauntlet. Oh, which... the, uh, it's the, uh, the paddling of the swollen ass. Yeah. That's, that's all I could think of, the, uh, the stonecutters. Which the gauntlet is basically he has to beat the shit out of 30 dudes? Give or take. It's a lot. It's like minimum 20. Yeah, so essentially there's three candidates who are trying to become peacemakers, and there's two long lines. There's like a red carpet, and on both sides are guys with like billy clubs, essentially. Mm-hmm. And the first two guys go, immediately get their asses handed to them. It's <laughs> yeah. great. The way that they get their asses kicked is great. So if you're going to watch this movie, watch it just for this part. It might be the best part of the movie. And then Kurt Harris, he looks like he's given up, right? Brigitte Nielsen says, you know, if you, if you want to turn back, you could turn back now, Mr. Harris, and that'll be that. And he, he takes his clubs and he just tosses them and he's like, you think he's he doesn't want to do it. Then he pulls off a sweet somersault into yep. like a couple of flips and he picks up his baton and just starts wailing on these dudes. It's hilarious. It's but he great. takes a, he takes a couple of hits. He he doesn't go through it unscathed. Yeah. Uh, there's one like one one of the guys towards the end. He kind of just like drums up the dude's body. <laughs> like just like a thousand <laughs> hits, <laughs> from, starting, from, starting from like his his legs and then just goes all the way up his side. It's just great. My my favorite part of this is so he he finishes the gauntlet and uh, Larkin tells him like oh he tells the group welcome your newest peacemaker and people like the the participants in the gauntlet start clapping and there's like five or six dudes who are just knocked out clean <laughs> so some of them are just kind of clapping and then other dudes are just out on the floor yeah <laughs> I don't know such a weird thing to like celebrate. it was did he just have to just put the other guys into submission was that all or did he just have to get to the end yeah i wasn't like, sure could he just have like sprinted through and you know gotten to her and that would have been the end yeah. but i just for some i loved the image of just bodies strewn around the ground while some of them are clapping that's just you don't see that and i loved it yeah because then like that's like the standard initiation process. So like everybody's got to do that shit. Right. And that's what I thought. I was going to say, so I think the next scene, he's with a guy named Sal. Yeah. And I was like, you're going to tell me Sal ran the gauntlet? Although Sal Sal has some moves that we see in the chop shop. He's good, but I mean, Kurt Harris is like right. the that, man. That guy, It does kind of bring him down a little bit. Because I was thinking that not so much with Sal, but with Jimmy. Right. Because Jimmy had to have done it. And he's young. Yeah, he's young, and he's also he's not super great at karate. Right, like he's just kind of like a brawler for right. the most part. So I wonder if he got hit, like he may just barely got through. Uh, yeah, who knows? And then, and again, did he have to defeat all of the fellow peacemakers or mm-hmm. whatever they were? So I I don't know. I, I kind of call bullshit on the initiation. Because yeah. it was a little unclear if everyone had to do it or if it was just kind of like them. But 
because if Kurt Harris, I mean, he's by far and away the best martial artist. And yeah. if he was having a hard time with it, you're going to tell me Jimmy and Sal were, you know, they did it? I don't know. It seems a little hard mode. Yes, 100%. <laughs> For an, an, an initiation. Yeah, th- I feel like they could have done, like, that was some, like, Batman-level shit. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I guess if you want to say Kurt Harris is just a less, uh, like, a poorer Batman, sure. we could go with that. <laughs> Uh, so after that, he becomes a peacemaker and starts going out on patrols with this guy, Sal. Uh, their first mission, they're going to go to Jimmy's ha- Jimmy's grandma's house because since Cedric uh, was killed, Jimmy hasn't been showing up for his, mi- his mission duties. Uh, they meet him, they pick him up, and they start going on patrol with them. They answer a narcotics deal, that police call, that uh, also Duncan and Harris's old partner answer. Which might be the funniest move, uh, scene in the movie. Wait, wait, which part? This is the drug deal. Oh, in the oh middle. man. <laughs> in the middle. Oh. Uh, the cops show up first, and it's a drug deal in broad daylight. Yep. And Duncan call tells the drug dealer, "Put up his put put your hands up, Chinaman." Chinaman. Oh. <laughs> that was so cringy. But this part reminded me of, I think it was in Skyscraper. Don't they do a broad daylight drug deal on that, too? Yeah, yeah, it's very... Uh... You don't see oh, no, it was that much kill- anymore. No, that was Killing Zone. Killing. Oh, that's right, Killing Zone, yes. Killing Zone. And there's, isn't there, there's a chase afterwards? Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't really see the broad daylight drug deal anymore, and for yes. good reason, because it makes zero sense yeah uh yeah that that part was n- it, it didn't age well yeah so he calls him a chinaman and the guy's like i'm korean but the guy behind you is chinaman is chinese yeah. and he opens Hello. up the door. <laughs> and his name's uzi yeah meet uzi at this I think, point i think that was little uzi vert's father <laughs> so the cops are kind of in a pickle but then the uh, the peacemakers show up to save the day. The, my favorite part of this is Jimmy, because there's a guy waiting in the car. Yep. Jimmy takes the guy by the head and pulls him out through the uh, the roll down window. Right. He like grabs him by the lower end, like the right, like jaw, the jaw, and, and just kind of lifts him out. out of his out of his seat. I, we should try that, Ant. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll have one of us in the car, and the other guy could just try to drag them out through their uh, yeah. from their bottom jaw. <laughs> Um, so they, I guess they kind of just use this as a, uh, a way as better PR again for the peacemakers. Once again, they're, they're, now they're saving the cops. Um, also real quick for our little blurb that we put out, like the little voiceover thing that you do, don't do the Chinaman part. All right. (laughs) Yeah. Don't, don't put that out there. Probably not. Probably not great. Yeah, but we're we're just quoting what this movie says. Right. Yeah, we're not saying it's right because it's definitely right. not. But ju- I'm just saying I don't want someone hearing for the first time like, oh, what's uh, they call this a movie all about? And he calls him a Chinaman. <laughs> I will try to resist that temptation. <laughs> okay. I know. Cause to me, that kind of felt like the funniest part. <laughs> so let's just steer clear of that. Though. Yeah. Uh. So Harris spends the night at the mission. And he spends it by sneaking into the vents and fucks around with the cameras to gain access to some secret rooms. Comes across some 
some files and secret tapes on some people, including Cedric. So he takes one of he takes the Cedric tape uh, and goes home. Goes home and watches it. Turns out Cedric was betting on himself during his boxing career, and that was the dirt that they had on him. Uh, he wasn't throwing fights because he was a champ. Right. But he was betting on himself, which is, I guess, against the rules. Right. I mean, so it wasn't, it wasn't like Pete Rose kind of thing. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. So he's still the champ, or they would have taken his belt away. Well, that was the secret that he had. They right. didn't know about it. Right. So if they had found out, he would have been stripped of his title and kind of, I guess, humiliated. So. Yeah. So this is where La- Sam goes out again canvassing for the mission. When he goes to a chop shop to ask for some donations and gets just humiliated. knocked on his ass. <laughs> like oh, a sweet. real soy boy cuck. <laughs> he... Uh, He's got his little, you know, his little donations box. And like, yeah, you know, we're looking for donations. And the guy tells him, we're not giving you another red cent. I love that saying, by the way. <laughs> another red cent. I don't know what it means, really, but I, ju- I just love it. So, guys, that really means, like, we're not giving you shit. Yeah. So he takes him and just shoves him to the ground. And the guy, he pretty much says, I'm going to go tell my mommy. <laughs> yeah. He might as well have, because he, he says, wait till the doctor hears about this. And yeah. then he, he kind of meekly goes off and that's that's it then he tattles on them <laughs> right and then they tell and he mentions that they're running some illegal activities over there <laughs> right. uh, so larkin sends out um, what a bitch yeah larkin <laughs> sends harris and the guy sal uh with jimmy to go end things at the chop shop and this is a pretty excellent scene as you mentioned uh it feels like it goes on a little too long a little too long but it's but a good fight there are some great moments to this uh so they go to the chop shop um and in this long melee probably like ten, a good 10 minutes yeah felt uh, like it. harris throws a guy through a windshield blows a guy away with a shotgun then hits another guy with a shotgun hangs a dude hangs a dude with an <laughs> air drill then <laughs> swing awesome. kicks a guy by swinging on the air drill. Yep. And Jimmy almost gets crushed by a car. <laughs> I forgot about that part. And there's, there's a lot going on. There's a lot scene. of shit that happens in this scene. And then they introduce a chainsaw. That's right. <laughs> and that's what I like about this movie. It kind of just feels like when it comes to the action scenes, it's no holds barred. Yeah. A- anything can happen. Yeah. There's like so many great moments in this fight. And then the chainsaw comes out. And I was like, oh, holy shit, a chainsaw. Right. right. Like You're thinking, like, all right, well, it's kind of losing its luster. And then you, you bring when you bring out the chainsaw, it's like bringing out a flamethrower. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you had that in, um, obviously, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and you know, Saving Private Ryan when it's like, all right, well, you've seen a lot of stuff going on. And then they bring out the flamethrower. And you're like, oh, shit's about to get real. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so then he he also kicks a dude about 15 feet across the room. <laughs> it's great. It's, there's it's so awesome. many there's yeah. so many great moments to this. Like there's one guy that jumps down and he like kind of hits him with a I think like a mop and kind of swings him around with it. Yes. So yeah, he it's like he twirls the mop. Yeah. And he gets the guy gets like flung sideways with it, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. <laughs> So many great moments. It, it, like, everything's a weapon, and everything, like nothing is wasted. Like right. the set, the set pieces are great. But make mo- no mistake, it's outright murder. 
Yep. At least two of those guys. <laughs> the guy gets blown away by the shotgun, and, and the other guy, guy gets hanged. hanged. Yep. And at least two people are dead. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you see, this is the thing. As a peacemaker, you can't kill anybody. Yeah. So when the cops show up and they arrest them, and they're like flabbergasted, why? What? Did, why are we arrested? Well, you killed two people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're breaking and entering at the very least. Yep. And actually. It was uh, Larkin's right-hand man that called the cops on them because they're going to use it to spin the cops as, like, abusing their power against the peacemakers. Which is the furthest thing from the truth regardless. I mean, like, listen, these guys broke into a private residence or a private area, killed two people, and did a ton of damage. Mm -hmm. So we definitely are within our rights to arrest these fools. Yeah. Definitely not worthy punishment for... Them illegally chopping up some stolen cars. Right. (laughs) This is something that definitely should have been handled by the cops. (laughs) Uh, So they get all three of them get arrested. Meanwhile, while they're arrested, we find out that Jimmy's grandmother has changed her will. Let's put the house in the name of the mission. So it's a perfect time while Jimmy is in jail to go over and smother Jimmy's grandma with a pillow. It's pretty. eh, It's pretty brutal. Yeah. You don't want to see an old person die, I guess, but it was really inconsequential. Yep. Uh, Peacemakers get bailed out. Jimmy goes home and finds his dead grandma. And then off screen, no, (laughs) happens. (laughs) Which, gotta have that. If that's the only thing that comes out of that storyline, then fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's, (laughs) again, it was something that really didn't, I, I was happy that it didn't interfere with the overall plot. Mm-hmm. And they just kind of had it. And so, you know, I give it a pass. It didn't, to me, it didn't hurt it. So, sure. it's whatever. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Larkin's goons go to Harris's house. They find the tape of Cedric in the trash, as well as a pic of him and Cedric together. So, they obviously realize that he's he's doing his, investi- doing his own investigation. Um, so, they murder Duncan and then try and pin Harris for the murder. So he goes, starts to go on the run. He goes to Jimmy's, uh, Jimmy's grandma's house to, for help. Um, and Larkin's goons show up and beat him up. And Jimmy, they take Jimmy, but they leave Harris because, they, as they say, he's wanted by the cops. They're he's a cop killer. The cops will basically do him in anyway. Well, then, but why? Why not just get rid of him there and then? I don't know. So you're, you're leaving a huge loose end. Yeah, basically, because so, then he runs. Right. And he finds his partner. His partner doesn't believe that that he killed Duncan. So they um, they storm the mission on the, their own. They uh, Jimmy is being interrogated and tortured for information. It's, and it's a bad plan, by the way. Like yeah. They just kind of go in guns blazing and they're immediately met with resistance. Yep. <laughs> right. Like, like she almost like Lynn almost gets her ass kicked. She's taken on two guys. Mm-hmm. Harris is dealing with his own problems. And it's just like you couldn't have been any sneakier. Yeah. Harris is his fight. He's fighting off the uh, the karate instructor. Akira. And the guy's like, yeah. And the guy's like, I, I learned some new moves. Oh, <laughs> what does he tell him? Like. Uh, keep at it, big guy, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, keep, keep trying. trying. Keep yeah. trying, big guy. Yeah, because he, uh, he oh, what does Akiro say? It's just like, I learned some new moves, and I'm gonna get you, or something like that. Yeah, I'm gonna like get that, you this yeah. time. Like, yeah, keep trying, big guy. It's a pretty yeah. good one-liner. Yeah, because earlier in the in the movie that he was doing a karate instruct in instructor, he, he takes and, him down. Yeah, 
and he's like this uh, at one person he's like this move is unbreakable and he's like i thought so too he's like <laughs> and then immediately breaks the hold oh he gives him like a shot to the ribs and he just yeah. flips him over it's a pretty like standard move i guess in terms of martial art movies you see yeah. it a lot but to Akira, he was, he was just like, I've never seen this before, and I'm a martial arts master. And he's kind of, like, shitty. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if they kind of whitewashed this movie in a way, you know what I mean? Probably a little bit. Yeah, because it's like all the white people are just, like, super good at karate. Yeah. And then the people, you know, who I guess stereotypically are good at karate kind of suck ass at it. Yeah. They're okay. They're, like, <laughs> middle of the road. Yeah. So they fight off some guys. Kurt climbs a wall and tosses a dude out the window. <laughs> Careful. <laughs> what is it? Lynn is climbing and then the body falls off. And you go, Careful, Kurt. Like, that's it? That's yeah, they're just so nonchalant about, about killing this dude. <laughs> right. I'm like, Holy shit, what just happened? <laughs> uh, so they, they climb through the window. Um, they see videotape of uh, Jimmy getting tortured. Then Titus shows up and there's some more fighting. So while Harris fights Titus, Lynn goes to rescue Jimmy. Uh, we find out that that Larkin wins the mayoral race and she starts addressing the 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 press, giving her acceptance speech. Uh, Lynn goes to where they're holding Jimmy and she fights the only person in this movie that doesn't know karate. It's the uh, I believe her name is Aaron. Yeah, uh, like Cindy that. Pass, Aaron Miller. Aaron Miller. Uh, so they have a fight. Meanwhile, Titus and Harris are fighting up and down a flight of stairs. Eventually, uh, Harris manages to kick Titus through a window right into the acceptance speech um, because Titus just so happens to be wearing um, Cedric's championship belt and yeah, very pisses weird. Harris off. So while her, she's giving the speech, he gets kicked out a window and falls right in, right behind the press and... And that's where Harris jumps down from like 20 feet. <laughs> like a badass. Like a badass. And just, just like. He doesn't even do the superhero landing. He just like lands. Lands on flat footed. Yeah, like, like flat footed straight up pretty much. So like, oh, my knees. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a bad idea. How do they do this? Uh, so they're like, she's a murderer to the press. And she's like, this man is talking crazy. And then they play the tape of Jimmy being tortured and her more or less confessing. So all the press is like, oh, my God, we've been bamboozled. Yeah. I like how hard her right hand man is trying to turn off the TV. and oh, just can't, can't do it. Right. <laughs> There's a plug somewhere, man. Yeah. Right. Like, but it really just wound up being a button on the front. Right, it was one of those a big old know, button that said power. <laughs> right, it's it's not like like the TV in front of me right now. The power button is underneath the screen, so you have to press up on it. Yep. But this was the '90s, where it was yeah. this big fucking monitor, yep. and it had all the stuff right there, right in the front. The CRT TV. Yeah, it's got three buttons: volume, channel, <laughs> channel. power. Yeah. The, plus, the plus and minus for volume and channel it takes him a good 25 seconds of that video playing incriminating footage <laughs> it's like he's never seen a tv off. before <laughs> what is this contraption <laughs> what is it doing uh so uh, larkin's not gonna go quietly so she manages to get her two steak knives out and <laughs> her juicy goes, knives <laughs> goes to attack uh harris who's able to unarm her 
and he puts the knife to her throat. She's like, do it. He's like, right. he's about to do it. And then his partner manages to hand him some, some cuffs. But then he almost then, does it again. Then he almost does it again. Which is kind of, <laughs> I it's don't kind of a weird that. beat. Yeah. yeah. Like, all right, and you then, got her. So just, are you going to kill her or not, man? Yeah. Don't leave us hanging. But then he decides she's, it's too good for her to kill her. So yeah. they arrest her. She deserves her. to be behind bars. Uh-huh. And that revenge Tony Burton. And uh, he basically says, I think I'm going to come back to the force. Why don't you, uh, why don't you uh, get me my badge and my gun back for me? I don't think it works that way. No, probably right? Like Once you leave a, a civil service job, I think it's kind of, you have to go through necessary channels. They can't just be like, oh yeah, welcome back. We were holding this for you. We're keeping it warm. <laughs> Like yeah. It's not one of those things. I think you actually have to, you know, apply and I don't know. I'm not a cop, but yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, can't imagine maybe, it being easy. I mean, how many days do you think passes passes in this movie? Two, three. Yeah, maybe at maybe. best a week. Maybe. Yeah. Um, they don't really make it clear. But yeah, I'd say three or four. At, at I wonder if, yeah, I guess, I guess he did officially quit, though, because it was in the paper and everything. Right. Yeah. If it's in the paper, I mean. It's gotta be real. Yeah. But uh, that's that's the end. The mission of justice. I I think we we both had a a better time with this movie than we've had with a movie for a while. Yes, I, this was definitely one of the better movies that we've watched. Yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, kind of your stereotypical what you would think you get from a '90s direct-to-video action movie. But it's fine because yeah. it, if you go in with that attitude with it. And if you listen to this podcast, we hope that you kind of you have a better feel for it when you kind of if you decide to watch this, you you go in, you can kind of kick on the nostalgia f- factor. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I today was like I woke up, I took my dogs out, I went to the gym, I went and grabbed some Taco Bell. I came back, I turned this on. It was awesome. Like <laughs> this this day is great. This, and it made I can't remember the last time I watched a movie on TV and was like, this made my day better. <laughs> you know? so cuz sometimes i'll just have something on in the background while i'm doing you know dishes or you know just like fucking around on the computer but this one i was i was invested in you know like i'm i'm eating my crunch wrap supreme i'm just like oh man like th- this action is awesome like th- the kicks and the ah oh, man i just it, it kind of brought me back to like i said high school when i was watching not that we would watch these kind of movies in high school but you get the same quality you know what i'm saying sure yeah, no, it was it was a good time. Uh, I'm trying to think of like the last movie that we was it Sorceress the movie the the last movie we like all genuinely liked. Yeah, yeah, I thought I mean some of us like Star Crash, right? Or did, yeah, was that universally kind of? I think kinda... I, think, uh, I think we I've I think I personally have grown to like Star Crash a little more than when we recorded it. I, Just, I like the idea of Star Crash. Yeah. Not the actual Star Crash. There are pieces of Star Crash that we gravitated towards. Yes, yeah. like, the, the the robot and everything. But this yeah. one was a little bit more complete. Genuinely. Yeah. yeah. So I think he was probably one of the better main characters that we've seen. Yeah. Uh, Kurt Harris. Um, I mean, we watched. To me, when we get into those kind of um, what are those? What, what's those? The production company like you know pacific rim and then they make atlantic rim what are those um asylum asylum like when we get into the asylum type movies that's when we're scraping the bottom of the shit barrel yeah so like this 
it had production value to a to a degree. Obviously, we were saying the boom mics kind of get in, but you can hear everything except for the except for um, Titus. Because I have the when I watch these movies, I'll have the subtitles on, and whenever he spoke, it just said mumbles. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, does he not speak English? What's going on here? Yeah. The the the, the, the uh, closed caption guy was just like, uh, hell if I know, mumble. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> uh, uh, he he says something I don't know, but uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun with this. It was a good one. It was it, it's definitely one that. Um, I wasn't expecting too much from, but it definitely, it, it paid off. It was yeah. a lot of fun. If we watch more movies like this, I feel like we'd be doing a disservice for the listeners, though. Mm-hmm. We, like, we, we do this to watch the really bad movies, but every now and then, obviously, getting a gem like this is, it's cool. I think yeah. if you're a listener, I think you would appreciate this as well. Because how often can you just go through shit, you know? Like every mm-hmm. now and then you need a palate cleanser. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not like we're cheating. We genuinely no. had, I genuinely had no idea what this movie was about. Right, and um, if you look at the the like uh, the poster for it or the the box cover art for it, it kind of looks like Emilio Estevez with Billy Clubs. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, this looks like a bad movie. You have yeah. uh, Brigitte Nelson uh, Nelson's face in the background. Yeah. she kind of looks like. I don't know. She kind of looks like Michael Jackson in uh, what was that a uh, moon uh, Moonwalker? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's she's... a pretty pretty bad cover art. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. But th- so yeah, it's not like we kind of went out of our way and we're like, oh, this is not bad. Let's review this. It was like mm-hmm. we genuinely thought this would be a bad movie, but you know, we were surprised. Yep. Yeah. It kind of reminds me a little bit, um, and contrasting it like. The Killing Zone. Obviously, we've talked a lot about Malibu on this mm-hmm. on this show, and I, I think it's interesting because he was another character that was very passive in in the storyline. Like he, yes he wasn't he wasn't very heroic. Like even the final kill, he's actually not the person that kills anybody. That's true. That's true. But at the same time, he is the main focus. Sure. Right. There's really no one else that they take away from i guess so like we said star crash is one where it's named after stella star and she really does nothing like this he he's a good lead actor or a good lead uh character he can act to it you know not great he's not a great actor but he doesn't detract from the movie you know he's not going around fumbling his lines and just kind of being a wooden board Mm-hmm. He can he can emote, <laughs> so he was not the problem. There wasn't very many problems with this movie. No, so like it it was an hour and a half. It it didn't feel like an hour and a half really. Uh, the plot is pretty strong. I mean, it's not great, no. but you can follow along with it and not get lost. It's a pretty you know X Y and Z type of thing. The 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 villain I guess leaves something to be desired. Yeah, that would say that would be the only thing that I would really say is something that I would I would change to make this better would be to give her like I said in the beginning of this podcast I was wasn't quite sure what her end game was what her motivation right. was besides just becoming a, the mayor of this town uh, right. what like what she gained from having this mission and then becoming mayor what her what her goal after that would be. I wonder if it was the same as uh, 
with uh, Jason Patrick in Double Dragon. She just wants like, power. Yeah, I just why how hard is it for one person to rule a city kind right. of thing? Maybe she just wanted to rule the city. Sure. And that's just because, fine. And and to that point, um, the the plot synopsis in this uh, on IMDb is also a little misleading. Uh, and I think Race part of that leader. part of that is because that she doesn't really have a defined motivation. So it right. says law and order mayoral candidate Brigitte Nielsen is the ruthless and racist leader of a secret neo-fascist group out to take control of the city by whatever means necessary. That's a very different movie. Yeah, because I mean I can kind of see the neo-fascist. Yeah. But the racist, I don't see that. I mean she openly applauds Jimmy mm-hmm. a few times. Yeah. And she doesn't really say anything that counts as racist, right? In this movie? I don't I don't remember her saying anything. No, I mean she obviously she kills the grandmother, but I don't know if that counts as being racist. That you're just a murderer. No, I mean she killed Cedric. I mean both both the people right. that she is responsible for for dying are black. black people. That's true. But I don't think that was the reason. No, yeah, she doesn't. You know, she doesn't drop the n bomb and like yeah. now it's time to die. Yeah. Yeah. She, Actually, the only person that says a racial epithet is the cops. <laughs> I don't remember that. Oh yeah, no, we we just mentioned it. Chinaman? Oh, the, the the Chinaman. That's right. I, I was expecting the. <laughs> no, you know. no N word was used in the, in the making of this movie. But that that's true. That yeah, I, I, I yeah. again, I see the neo fascism part. But I guess, but it's but, not even secret. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, she's not. Yeah, she's not a. I don't know. And they're really not out. She's not really out to take control of the city by whatever means necessary. No, like she's, she's kind of like a puppet. She's taking, she's taking control by winning a mayoral race. She's lawful evil. Right. Yeah. This is the. Uh, this is like when Sideshow Bob becomes mayor of uh, of Springfield, right? He mm-hmm. doesn't just. He doesn't just take it secretly. He he right. goes into the mayoral I mean, election. I mean, he use he's he underhanded. The election. He does it, yeah. but but she doesn't. Right. I mean, they plant some story. They fabricate some stories, but. Right. Uh, she doesn't. She doesn't uh, rig the election. Right? right. She doesn't. There's no voter fraud. Right. It's so, all on the up and up. Just kind of seedier kind of events that they create to drum up publicity. I, I mean, I caught the. This was almost like a Scientology type of group. The way mm-hmm. some of them talked about it. So maybe that's what they were going for. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Because it it definitely felt like there was some brainwashing going on. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that guy Samuel was all about this this uh, group. And mm-hmm. what, what Aaron, we said her name was, I think. Aaron, yeah. she was all in on it. it so you definitely kind of got that um, cultist vibe yeah. out of here. But other than that, it, it really didn't seem like it was that shady. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of. That's kind of the, what's what's weird about it is because like even even the like the the chop shop is probably in terms of what the peacemakers are doing. So the peacemakers are part of the Mission of Justice. Mission of Justice has that stuff where it's like the backroom torture scenes and like right. killing of the grandmother and everything like that. But the the peacemakers really the 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 closest thing to a vaguely you know morally ambiguous moment is the scene in the chop shop. I mean, but those guys yes. also, they introduced the gun, you know? <laughs> right. They, they had the shotgun. So yeah. the peacemakers don't bring weapons with them. 
Right. They just have their fists of fury. Yeah. <laughs> so it's all they need. Right. And they're registered weapons, I guess. But, so uh, so like the peacemakers are it's it's hard to tell what's so bad about the mission of justice and why they need to resort to things like the torture and then the the blackmailing and stuff like right, that. Right, because a lot of these kids seem to want to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. And Sal even says it, you know, I didn't I wasn't given this, I earned it. So he worked for it. He yeah. wanted it. It wasn't like Brigitte Nielsen just came up to him and said, hey, you have to be a peacemaker now or I'm going to tell the world that you have a drug problem. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, hey, you know, you were in trouble. I can help you. Do you want to do you want to do this? So the, the only thing that and we both agree on this, the only thing lacking in this is the motivation. Yeah. Right. Because she could have easily have taken the mayoral election just by having these guys do good. Mm hmm. And that's essentially what happens, but she's torturing people for some reason. It, it makes yeah. it makes no sense on her end. Everything else, though, the overarching story is pretty solid. Yeah. You know, uh, Kurt's friend is murdered. He's trying to figure out why, and he's doing it outside of the law because the law is kind of broken, I guess. So it, I liked it. I thought it was a good story. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't take away from from my enjoyment of it. No. There's just something that was like, eh, I don't see what's so bad about these peacemakers. Right. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind having the peacemakers in my if I didn't know that there was torturing going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but if I knew there was torturing, I would say no to the peacemakers. <sighs> uh, but if they were around and like, you know, stopping stuff, I'd be like, oh, this is awesome. You know, finally, yeah. I'd be one of those old people. Finally, someone's doing good in our nation. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like a more organized version of uh, Death Wish, you know. But they're right. not—they're not outwardly just blowing dudes away. Right. Only, you know, when the time calls for it. If they're—if a gun is present, yeah. they will use it. Absolutely. So, so it's like you're giving them the option. Yeah, because they don't kill anybody. You know, Jimmy in the first in the first scene that we see him in, he stops the the robber. He doesn't kill him. Right. They don't kill the drug dealers. I don't right. think they do. Well, the, one guy gets shot, but that was, again, he, he's kind of like used as a shield, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. And I think he was a black guy, too. Oh, was he? Yeah, yeah. So I think maybe he was all... racist. <laughs> well, maybe. So there, how many deaths were there? There was. So you have the grandmother, Cedric, the drug dealer, the one chop shop, two chop shop guys, right? One was hanged and one was shot. Yeah. So I think both of those guys were. Girlfriend. Black. The girlfriend, she's Asian. Yes. So six, are there any uh, white people that die? Well, the two guys in the chop shop. True. And uh, Titus. D- is he killed? I would assume. You would assume, right? He took a, f- a pretty far fall. Although. Back. Right. Although Curtis did it and he was like. Lands on his two feet. Right. Yeah. He was just like the unstoppable, you know, force. Uh, and the guy yeah. got, that got thrown through the window or out the window. Just, yeah. Assumed he died. <laughs> So yeah, this is this movie has a pretty good body count and it's it's diverse. It's a diverse yeah. body count. So there's nothing really in this that screams racism. No, at least not enough to point it out in the plot summary. Yeah, agreed. Uh, yeah, now we really enjoyed this. So if you have a chance, want to watch it, it's on Amazon Prime. A lot of fun. Uh, time waster. Nice, nice tight story and uh, decent action. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I think that's going to wrap it up for our discussion of Mission of Justice. 
Um, kind of wanted to announce a little bit uh, our plans for picking the next movie. Well, if you we want to do discussion. that, sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we are trying to figure out a, a kind of new way to pick these movies. And if it works, then maybe it'll kind of become a, a fixture. But we want to try and leave it up to the listeners. So uh, hopefully, I think probably by the time you're listening to this, there should be a poll on Twitter. If you go to the main Damie on Twitter, you should be able to find a poll. We are going to pick four movies that we want to watch for the next uh, next installment. You'll have probably about like three or four days. Uh, probably poll will close on Saturday. So we have time to watch before our recordings, which we usually do on Tuesdays. Um, so uh, go there and we'll probably put, make an announcement on uh, Instagram as well. Um, go there and help us choose our next movie. Uh, Dan, do you want to announce which movie you're thinking of putting on there? I was thinking something a little bit more, uh, something newer. I was going to do the Death Wish remake with Bruce Willis. Oh, have not seen it. I, I haven't seen the original Death Wish, so I, I've heard with, uh, was it um, Bron- uh, Charles Bronson? Charles Bronson. I was going to say Pierce Bronson, Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> Obviously, that is not correct. So I, I've not seen either. So I'm going to be diving into the bad one first, which, you know, is always the best thing to do when watching a movie. Um, so, yeah, that's my that's my go to. Cool. Uh, I think I'm going to do uh, seeing as how the Eddie Murphy movie biopic of Rudy Ray Moore just released uh, a couple like about a week ago, the trailer for it upcoming. I decided that we're going to do Dolomite. I guess I'm going to put that up on the poll we'll probably so how we're going to do it is we're each going to pick one so mark's going to have one and then we're going to pick one that is as we usually do one that is uh, sort of related to a new release so uh, we'll still have that kind of element to it um i don't know what we're going to do the next week if we're going to keep the same movies or we're going to do uh change them up in terms of the ones that didn't get picked but we'll figure that out when we cross that bridge yeah. yeah, I'm excited. I hope this works out. It'd be uh, pretty cool to get the, the listeners involved. Yeah. Uh, so that's uh, that's going to wrap this up. Uh, Dan, we got any pluggables? Uh, we sure do. Obviously, our Twitters. You can follow me at Diaquino122. And since Mark's not here, I kind of feel like I have to do our little D&D spiel, right? Yep. All right, I'll keep it quick. So new episodes of our Real Play D&D podcast, Stranger Damies, air every Wednesday. So you can find that on all podcast streaming uh, sites, you know, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. We're on Podbean at strangerdamies.podbean.com. Uh, we're also on YouTube as well. So I think it's tinyurl.com slash strangerdamies, if I am not mistaken. I believe that's right. So and we also have an Instagram, strangerdamies, and Twitter is at strangerdamies. So there's plenty of ways to find us. So if you watch it and you like it, please subscribe, rate and review it for us. Help us out. And I think that's it. Great. Uh, we are the main Damie, and you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the main Damie. And we post all our episodes. Uh, they call this a movie.podbean.com is our Podbean uh, URL. 
And you can find us on just about every single podcast streaming service. So that's iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play Podcasts, and basically any uh, app on your phone that casts podcasts. Uh, we should pop right up. We're also a proud member of Geek Fives Nation. You can find them at gvnation.com or look for as on any of the streaming apps at just look for Geek Vibes Nation. They should come right up. I think they're Geek Vibes Nation on all the social medias. They got some great great other podcasts. They got some uh, comic talk. They got some DC Universe. I know they've got I think they have a show on that. Uh, they got like a top 10 podcast show. Uh, just everything you could think of uh, that's related to geek stuff comes right up. I know they have a sport, some sports stuff too, um, which is always uh, <clears throat> something that not all podcast uh, networks have, but they have one. And uh, we popped up on there too. So whether or not you want to follow us two places, you can find us there as well as here at theycalledthismovie.podbean.com. I think we're going to have our own channel on Geek Vibes Nation now. Oh. So, yeah, you'll, you'll be able to find, they call this a movie, Stranger Damies. And we're trying to figure out the other podcast that's going to go up there. I think it'll be Game Vault. The Game Vault will go up there as well. Okay. So, yeah, we're, we have a presence there. That's great. Yeah. So that's all the places you can get a hold of us or find us. If you want to send us an email, if you want to ask us to review a movie that you think is worthy of, of this podcast, you could shoot us an email at the main at gmail.com. And, uh, I think that's finally all the ways you can get a hold of us. So, uh, that's going to wrap it up. The director of this movie is Steve Barnett. Um, so for Dan Aquino and Mark Myers, who is not here today, this is Anthony Del Vecchio telling Steve Barnett to go fuck himself.